Hey there, this is Ryan Walker on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted. And you can also catch Rooted Thursday evenings at 7 on 105.5 WQHU. Today I'm joined with Callan Kelsheimer. Callan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Wabash, Indiana, just 20 minutes down the road, not too far. Um, I'm a missions major, um, and I play baseball. So. so today we're going to talk about your missions major and what exactly you want to do with that. So what brought you to Huntington University? So obviously I, I knew I wanted to go to a, a faith-based uh, a school in and a big portion of it was Shea Beecham, one of the coaches for uh, Huntington this year is his first year coaching, but he coached at my high school and he grew up and he and my brother were good friends and they were in the same grade and everything. And so we knew their family really well. And um, he coached us and he, he came up, talked to me and was like, hey, check out Huntington. And he and Thad are real close. And so Thad would come and talk to me. And, and honestly, w- once I came and and met everybody and, and talked to Thad and, and the rest of the coaching staff. It was a different atmosphere and a different, I don't know, they were a lot more personable than um, many of the other uh, schools that had contacted me and, and whatever. And so I knew the program was good. I, wanna, I wanted to win more than anything. And it's a good program. I like the people a lot and I can grow in my faith as well. And so I think that's kind of the gist cool. of it, yeah. What do you plan on doing with your major? Is there a specific thing you have, or are you kind of unsure about that? So originally, I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a chaplain in the military originally. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't change my mind until probably three months ago, four months ago, yeah. And I wanted to be in the, in the military, be a chaplain, and, and help uh, our, our service people out and, and just help them come to Christ. But I went to... Vietnam on a mission um, earlier this year and I saw so many people who had never heard the name Jesus before. Our receptionist at the hotel that we went to, first person we met there, had never heard the name Jesus before. And there's a statistic that over 50,000 people a day die who don't know Jesus. Mm. And so if there's 50,000 people a day who are dying across the world who aren't going to be in heaven with us, and, and don't love God, then I see a problem there. And I see as, as our, our call from God to, to go out and make disciples and, and spread the gospel, I feel like I need to do my part. And, and so I feel like my plan, I also want to be a crop duster. I want to crop dust uh, and fertilize crops. Um, and so that's, that's only about six months out of the year that you can do that when it's planted and, and before harvest. And so during late fall and, and winter months, I would do um, an overseas mission. Is there any places that you have, like, your foot in the door for these careers? Uh, my grandparents own a farm in, uh, around Wabash, outside of Wabash. Okay. And the guy that cropped us their fields has let me go with him, and, and he's talked me through some things. And last summer was real kind of eye-opening to me to just uh, open up the fact that, that it's, this could be a job that I, I want to do and I enjoy it and just getting in the air and flying is just something that I've always loved. And, okay. um, and so I've talked to him and, and he's 
uh, independent. He's not through a, um, an organization or a company or anything. He's just by himself. He's got his own plane. He, he makes all the, mixes all the chemicals and fertilizes all the fields by himself. And um, So I don't know if I want to be uh, independent or if I want to go through a company or, or anything like that. There's different companies all around. Uh, Would you have a spot there then? I think down the road probably it hasn't really been discussed, but I think so. He's he's been real. Um, I don't know he's been real helpful with with helping me understand just the the job and and just what it takes. And but yeah, that's my plan just to to crop dust and then and then do mission stuff and probably work for a church or help do um, be an associate um, minister or something like that in a church throughout the year. Just okay. yeah. uh, volunteer stuff probably, but. How old were you when you went on that trip to Vietnam? I did that earlier this year. So, this yeah, year. Wow, yeah. Uh huh. Was it during COVID? It was right before. Right before. Yeah, okay. it was just so, the beginning of the year, yeah. So, they probably didn't have any protocols or anything. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> it's crazy because, and I didn't realize it going in, we went to Hanoi, which is the capital, um, and it's in northern Vietnam. And there, I think there's like 8 million people that live in that city roughly um and you'd be driving down and they all use mopeds i don't know why but everybody's on a moped yeah and they drive they don't drive on the streets they drive on the sidewalks Really? like they drive on the streets don't get me wrong but but it doesn't matter if you're on the sidewalk or not they're driving so you have to look back every once in a while because mopeds you can't hear them as well as you can a car or something like that so i can just imagine what yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it was definitely, definitely hectic. There weren't really stoplights. There weren't any like traffic people working and telling you where to go. It's you just, just got through. Chaos, yeah, chaos. it really was. Oh, that's hilarious. But it's so polluted in Vietnam as well. That's yeah. one one big thing is, like, I would look up. It'd be the middle of the night, and we'd be walking or or something, and and you'd look up, and it would be red. The sky would be like red, like really? orangish red, just uh-huh. from all the pollution and and nasty stuff in the air and so they all wore masks anyways mm-hmm. a majority of the people so if yeah they, they were good with it yeah they don't they're mind uh, yeah they'd be the they'd be for it but uh yeah they're used to it. a majority of them wore wore masks unless they were inside or something and i didn't realize it but they all have air purifiers mm-hmm. in there like that's one big industry is is air purifiers in vietnam really? because yeah, that makes sense because so uh, got to wearing, uh yeah yeah definitely and then i think so i think god was preparing me for yeah, yeah for covid so cool. okay uh, is there any plan in the future to go on a missions trip or not because of covid oh no i'm i'm definitely open to it and i'm i'm i've been looking for um opportunities mm-hmm. i know people back home at different churches and youth group leader uh that i have um has has brought some things up to me and uh and talk to me about it, uh, just different um, times that maybe we could, but with all with COVID, it's hard to know if it's concrete or right. if it's just up in the air, um, if these trips are going to be taking place. But, but my big, my I think my calling is to is really to Southeast Asia and and towards uh, those different countries like Vietnam and, and Cambodia and and Indonesia and all the because. I don't know the name of it, but there's a certain parallel um, on earth that, that talks about like 
less than 5% of all the people that live in Southeast Asia or around there are Christian. Okay. M majority are, are Buddhist, Muslim, mm -hmm. Hindu. A tough, and, a tough target. Yeah, yeah, and so if you're that minority, if you're that 5% that are Christians, you don't have many friends. And, it, and one of the guys that we met um, in Vietnam who was a Christian and he was helping us along and he was our translator that week, um, he said that once you get into the villages in Vietnam, just go out past the cities and into the different villages that all have their own religion and, and have never heard anything about Jesus before, right. don't even know what the Bible is. He said that he was stoned one time coming into the city because they knew that he was a Christian and it was against what they really? believed. And so wow. they all were throwing rocks at him until he left. Oh, man. And so that 5% that's in... Um, Southeast Asia is is struggling. They're struggling to have a voice. They're struggling to ha they. A lot of countries, um, it's illegal to have churches in mm -hmm. in Vietnam, especially. Uh, they had to have their own home churches, and it be 10, 15 people max that would come together in a, in a small house and and would praise. But they don't have uh, an actual church building, and so yeah. it's hard to to get yeah. anything concrete. What would you want to do to fix that problem then? And is your family doing this with you, or are you kind of on your own for this? Uh, well, I've talked, I've been dating my girlfriend for four years, uh -huh. and God willing, I'll marry her yeah, one she's day. Very, she's very nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and I know that she she knows the desires and the calling that I have on my life, and I know that she's open to it, um, and is supportive of it in every aspect, and and I would I would presume that. If all goes as planned, she'd 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 go with with me. Gotcha. Um, okay. In uh, in this, I think the plan is just really bringing community together in in Vietnam because the we put on a discipleship training there is what we did for our mission, mm -hmm. um, and so it was people from all around the different provinces in Vietnam, and so it's people who didn't know anybody that was anybody else that was there and they were all from different villages um, and they were the minority and they were the the only one and a lot of them were the only ones in their family that were Christian and had been shunned from their family because they believed what they believed um, and so I think the first step that we need to take is getting all these people together and talking about what you can do to make more disciples what what training you need to have to to just profess the gospel the right way to be able to build the church. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's, it's going to happen right away, but we've seen that, that even in, in China and Hong Kong, it's a real big struggle um, being a Christian, and they, like, they'll have the government come and try and tear down your churches. But that makes more people think about being Christian. You know what I mean? Like, if people are coming at you for what you believe, more people are willing to listen to the situation and be open to the situation. That's a very interesting take. And so, so people in Vietnam are seeing that churches aren't allowed to be, be had in the Christian community, um, and people are being condemned, and people are being persecuted for their beliefs. And so more people are listening to those people, being like, well, why can't they believe what they believe? And then so they dig in deeper, and in return are, are uh, submitting their lives to God and because of this. And so I think finding those people, finding the people that can be leaders in Vietnam to just grow the church, I think is the first big step. 
and then teaching how to be um, a disciple and to disciple to others. That's a really good perspective to put that in. I can definitely see where this could really grow. Uh, do you know where you could possibly go next? I don't really have a preference other than just being, I don't know, Jesus calls us and in the Great Commission to go make disciples. And until everybody's reached and all nations have been reached, he's not going to come back and save us. So I believe if there's still people like the first person I met in Vietnam who had never heard the name Jesus before, if there's still people like that all across the earth and all across Asia specifically, then, then that's where, where I feel called, especially I know that there's people in the United States that that don't have faith and, and are, are, I don't know, have heard about Jesus before but, but haven't really dug into it. And I know that there's a big calling for those people as well, but for me in my life, I think specifically, it's, it's to Southeast Asia. Okay. I don't really have a preference on country or anything, right, but. Right. To wrap it up, let's go back to HU. Is there anything you're doing here, like being a CMC or trying to do something spiritually on campus? I know this is your first semester, but is there anything that you're trying to get involved in or get the campus involved in? No, yeah, I, I, it's funny that you asked that question because earlier this morning I was thinking about, um, I don't know if you know Brody, but he's yeah. the CMC and yep. for Baker uh, second. And so I, was, I saw him today and I was like, well, he's a CMC. And I was thinking to myself, like, I kind of like would desire to be a yeah. CMC and I think it'd be a good thing. And I, and I think I'd be able to, I'd be able to talk to more people, expand um, the ability that I have to, to, I don't know, just be more of a light to people. And, and I think one, th I, one thing that I want to start or want to do is start a study for the baseball team, start a Bible. I, there's one going on right now that only a few guys go to, but I right. think creating something or, or starting something to where um, a lot more of the guys would be able to, and open to come to would be good. Because I think if when you're in a sport, you're around these guys all the time, every single day, for hours a day, you're around these guys. And I think the bond that you have can only go so deep unless Jesus is involved. And I feel like if we do start that study, if we all begin to, to grow deeper in our faith and hold each other more accountable together, then our relationships are only going to expand from there. And I feel like that it's going to benefit the team, the people, the coaching staff, uh, exponentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much, Callan, for coming on the show today. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening.